yourself from the present ties Relax into your heart's desire Ties to time as we know it Man made lies Listen with your heart To the greater flow The flow is always forever was Heart's Desire from Dasha Ray, my buddies Tim Mead and Bradford Smith. Fitting song for today's podcast. I haven't uh, I haven't come up with a, a theme song yet for the show, but wanted to uh, you know have something that fits our guest John Vlasage. And John is is someone who he's a healer who practices a form of what he calls shamanics, and uh, it's, it's a mixture of some different modalities that he has practiced over the years. And he's studied with shaman and uh, he's learned all kinds of Native American type things. And, and uh, John's put things together, Reiki, EFT, things of that nature, and uh, has his own form. Just an incredible guy who I met, uh, who I met at, at grad school when I was studying for my master's in digital multimedia. I had a project where I had to do a talk show. And, and I wanted to focus in on on this healing uh, spiritual type connection. And uh, so I, I brought in Reverend Phyllis Clay Sparks from the um, Soul Steam Center. And she had asked, can I bring a friend? She wanted to have a different voice. And that voice is John Vlasich. And uh, he came in and at the time, you know, I'd first met him. I'm like, yeah, OK, this guy looks looks interesting, you know, re- real pleasant spirit. And he would say things like, uh, what is two plus two? Two plus two is a cloud. Is and he was saying things. I was kind of like, "Wow, man, this guy's kind of far out." I mean, he's cool and everything, but wow, you know, I'm I'm not sure what he's talking about. And, and as I as I grew to know him, and as I grew, um, you know, with his mentorship, his spiritual mentorship, and kind of learned some things, you know, to me, it's it's like that makes sense. It's just uh, in my own little way. So. Uh, not as far out in this, uh, but uh, I mean, an incredible guy. He asks a lot of questions, and you'll see one little little segment. He's asking me, I guess, what my core is, and uh, it took a, took a little while to get there. But it, it's it, his his technique is interesting, so I, I hope you'll like that. I hope you'll you'll see a little more of what he does now. Uh, John and his wife Linda they hold retreats at their home. Uh, they both studied Reiki. They've traveled the world uh, with to learn from different teachers. Uh, he's he's a man who's really into the outdoors, and and they travel the the country in their. Uh, they have a fifth wheel trailer, and uh, they go they go around and camp and take their grandkids and just just amazing people. I'm really looking forward to introducing him to you via this podcast. So this is our second episode, and uh, we have some sponsors here helping us out, and it's really great. I'm really blessed to have some great supportive friends, including my buddy Mike Abishan of Premier Insurance Agency. Mike is an independent insurance agent who's been serving clients in Missouri and Illinois since 1994. And as an independent, he's going to go out there and find the most competitive rates for you. He, an independent insurance agent, works for you, not the insurance company, and that's Mike. Whether it be auto, homeowners, boat owners, commercial auto, motorcycle, mobile homes, personal watercraft, ATVs, annuities, life, health, collector, automobiles, commercial property, and liability, Mike can cover it all for you, and he's available most hours a day to handle your calls. So if you have an incident where you need to uh, make a claim... More than likely, you're going to get to Mike in uh, more hours than you are with this your regular insurance company if going straight to them. He is here to serve you, and he's been doing it for a number of years. Great guy to work with. He's going to walk you through everything. Very knowledgeable. I, I don't know a better guy to uh, to call for insurance. Mike Abishan, Premier Insurance Agency at uh, premierinsuranceagency.com or 314 729 zero zero five four trusted guy good friend give him a call if you're looking for insurance i think he'll find something that'll be suitable to your needs 
Also want to thank uh, a close personal friend, Dr. Mark Holland and his associates of First Capital Chiropractic and Rehab. They're in the business of helping people maintain healthy spines. And I've been seeing them for many years, keeping my spine in proper alignment uh, to avoid current problems and any future problems. And this includes keeping my muscles loose through massage therapy. Love going to the office in St. Charles, getting a massage, getting an adjustment. Uh, my spine is good. And what I love about Dr. Holland, Mark, is he stresses stretching. So I'm involved in yoga. I keep stretching, keep my spine good, get that adjustment every now and then. And I really have not dealt with pain. You know, when I first went to him, I was dealing with some issues. I don't know, maybe sitting at a computer all day hasn't, you know, hasn't done well for my neck and spine. Uh, so I was having a little bit of pain. He fixed that, and now I'm on a, on a normal basis. You can visit one of his four area locations, including St. Charles, North St. Louis County, downtown St. Louis, and Wildwood. And they specialize in treating patients suffering with neck pain, back pain, headaches, scoliosis, and car accident injuries. Like I said, he's my guy. I've been going to him for a number of years. Uh, I go for regular maintenance. This is what they do. This is what they do well. They're happy to help, and that's uh, his mission in life. So check out Dr. Mark Holland. So give him a call. They can help you out. Find them at Cairo and rehab.com. That's C H I R O and rehab.com or 636 851 9082. This is a second podcast. I'm, ha I'm happy to have you listening. And what I've wanted to do with this podcast is introduce you to cool people who I've met over the years who are really into helping people, who are really passionate about what they do, whether it be art, whether it be healing, like uh, today's guest, John Vlasich. It's just interesting people who have something cool to offer the world. So I hope you enjoy it. Please leave comments on our, uh, on our site here, you know, on the link, uh, Facebook. Look at us on Facebook, and uh, yeah, let, let me know how I'm doing here. Let me know uh, how you like the guest, if you've had a chance to interact with them and, uh, you know, future guests who you might like, I know a lot of great people and I, I hope to bring uh, as many of them to you as possible. So here we are with John Vlasage. This is conversations with Calcaterra. Good evening, John. It's good to see you, my friend. It's been a while. Good to see you too, Ken. Yeah. So how are things going? What, what are you working on these days? You know, what's new in your world? Well, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a dynamic role. Uh, the uh, energy and the information that's coming through is exciting, and we're reacting to it. And a lot of people are being led in a direction that they felt they never were capable of, and we're enjoying that growth. That's amazing. And so you're finding that with your retreats, with um, private sessions with, with people. Um, I'll preface this so people, so the audience will hear what, you, what you've done. We'll have... Um, We'll list that on the uh, on the caption of the show. But you're you're a Reiki master. Uh, you study uh, how would you say that shamanistic type? Um, yes. Yeah, I should be I should be more well you know well versed in it. But um, yeah, that's a, that's a dynamic that is um, a little understood, and yet yeah. many people claim to be. Yeah. Whereas uh, as a concept, uh, uh, shamantics is a little more appropriate for how I look That's at it. That's what I needed. I needed that term. Yeah. I just had never heard of it. Shamantics. Yeah. I love it. There's a, there's a thought about what shamanism is uh, through the ancient cultures, and it's very viable for today's healing. However, I do not uh, uh, subscribe to just a singular way to go about healing. I feel it's a multi dimensional aspect of all of us and uh, when we heal we totally do heal a community or a village mm -hmm. and that's a good thing because i think uh, we're at a point in time where where we need that healing uh, a lot of crazy things going on in the world and i think uh, with with social media we're, we're seeing things so quickly and it allows for people everyone has a voice but sometimes i think before somebody takes a deep breath, pauses, and reflects, and then makes a statement, I find that there's a lot of reactionary statements out there now, and I think it's, I think it could be kind of dangerous. It just kind of, it just provides a lot of negative energy. It does, and, and 
in effect, it is a um, aspect of all of us that there's something out there that will help us. There's something out there that we need to understand or learn. And uh, through my information and the way I feel about uh, healing, and after all, healing is just bringing into balance uh, so that we feel the uh, the equanimity of, of where we are. In other words, we're not up, we're not down, we're kind of in the middle and we're not attached to something, we're kind of detached, we're a curious observer to our existence, and we're having a good day. So if we look at healing as a, uh, a modality, there are many, many ways, and there's not one way that uh, is better than another. It is an aspect of, in all of us uh, to be multidimensional and have many, many aspects. So when we look at uh, shamantics, for example, and the reason I coined that phrase, um, I couldn't find anything quite appropriate to describe exactly what I do. I've had the great uh, fortune to have uh, wonderful teachers, and I've had the great fortune to spend a great amount of time uh, in healing sessions. Uh, actually, I, I have over 5,000 hours that I've been in healing sessions. Uh, so as a, uh, an amount of uh, time, that has given me some uh, unique insights. And um, once again, revisiting the idea that it's, it's not out there. You know, there is no out there out there, but rather it's within all of us. Many songs and uh, statements and poems and affirmations come about how we work on ourselves, but in effect, we do. The challenge of that is that it's just not me but rather it's who I associate with, who I'm around, uh, relatives, coworkers, friends, uh, strangers, how I interact uh, in my daily uh, life. So in that, all of that is part of the healing. Uh, if, I, if I look at uh, someone speeding and cutting me off uh, out uh, on the interstate and that upsets me, uh, I'm out of balance. I'm, I'm not okay with that. So my view would be to bless that person. I don't know if they have some medical issue or there's some emergency they're uh, on a holy terror to, to get to. Um, what does it truly disrupt me in seconds or minutes in my life? So if I can be an observer to that and be detached from an outcome to that, I'm more in a position to create the healing space. And that's my big job. Yeah, yeah. And I think what you're saying is part of the works of Bruce Lipton and epigenetics is talking about how our environment plays more of a role than genetics. In in some cases, chromosomes and whatnot. But mm -hmm. we look at that and what you just stated, the people you're around, the place you're at. If, if you're in a war-torn area, I think the the stress and that energy is, is going to affect you in a certain way and mm -hmm. affect your outlook. And, and as you've stated, your inlook. Mm-hmm. I think as um, humans uh, and concerned um, bystanders, we wonder, why is this happening? We wonder, what will it take to make it uh, stop? We wonder, can it affect me, our family, or loved ones? Um, will I be okay on my job, or will I be okay going to public places? So we're, I'm talking a little bit about our, our recent uh, tragedies that are happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the aspect is um, within ourselves is the healing for all of that. But we have to start with us. In effect, all is in divine order. There is a, always a lesson. Uh, in every adversity, there's an answer to some question about who we are. Mm -hmm. So embracing our fears and not pushing back on uh, aspects of what we think we see, but rather engaging and being a part of the solution instead of being an innocent bystander, let's say, so that we all help each other. And that then that develops a consciousness. And in that consciousness, we are truly connected. That's where the shamantics comes in. That's where Reiki comes in. That's where Qigong comes in. That's where Tai Chi comes in and yoga comes in and meditation and on and on and on with these wonderful modalities, all of which are equal. Yeah, and it's, it's really that flow of energy. So we look... Uh... I mean, so much, and those things are starting to catch on, but we look so much at, uh, at the physical body a lot of times when, when the underlying concerns with, with a lot of ailments are the energy system. Mm -hmm. So different pains and whatnot, 
that uh, it, it's a stressor that is tightening up the muscles, that is pinching a nerve, and then, you know, how can we eliminate that? And a lot of times it's, in Western world, it's this medication or this surgery or whatnot, when in fact, when you're doing a lot of the things you've just mentioned, that kind of helps get that energy flowing and, and a lot of times alleviates those, uh, what, what are most likely symptoms and it's saying, hey, something's wrong in our environment. You know, how much of, of that when you're working with people have you noticed that when you're we're doing that energy work that that there's uh, that lift of whatever it is that is that's causing that uh, that physical ailment? Mm-hmm. Well, let's just um, take an example. And so, how do you feel right now? Uh, overall, I feel pretty good. And what pretty is good. what is pretty good? Uh, you know, I'm a little like in a, in a little rush mode, so uh, I'm not. I'm getting 100 percent present, but, and, and what uh, is a little tightness in my shoulder? But uh, and what is rush mode? Uh, just I, I guess maybe trying to do too many things, or just and what is it up. what is trying to do too many things? Uh, a little crazy. And what is a little crazy? <laughs> uh, it's I guess how how we make it. Um, sometimes that little crazy can be good and productive, but then other times, um, what is productive? You're right. Yeah. All these questions. It depends. I guess it's it's that's an answer that we have within ourselves. Uh, I mean, I'd like to I guess to me, productive is is having this creative outlet and feeling this. Good and what energy. is and what is creative? <laughs> You're getting me with all these questions. Uh, I don't know. I think creative is that energy. It, it's that feeling. And what is and what is the feel? What does it feel like? It's good. It feels there. You it go. Feels good. So we yeah. just got to it's your core. Joy. We yeah. just got to your core. Mm-hmm. So in effect, through a little talk therapy, if yeah. you want to say that, yeah. we have taken many aspects and we've gone kind of through a Roger thesaurus yeah. of what each word means until we finally get to the core belief that you have. So everything else is a limiting belief. Because it's an explanation of how you think you should feel or yeah. how you think you should be. And so when people come in sessions, they come in with how they have led their lives, mm-hmm. who has told them no, who has told them yes. In general, most feel abandoned or a victim. And that's usually what we deal with. That is something that normally creates within their own minds based on how they were raised and mm-hmm. how they were told to live life. So we begin to define the specific words, and it's it's fascinating how yeah, yeah. how people just keep oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh, and then they finally <laughs> get to that core issue, yeah. and they get kind of sobered up with the idea oh that's that's the whole reason right there, that's freedom is what I was looking for. Yeah. But there might be six seven words before that, so there's the healing. The healing uh, is an aspect of coming to grips with ourselves, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. When those are in alignment we're having a good day mm-hmm. when they're not in alignment we can manifest all forms of of uh, dis-ease or discomfort or what we think is wrong with us it can be physical it can be psychological it can be an attitude or it can be a pushback from whatever i say doesn't matter so i'm just going to withdraw i'm going to i'm going to mm-hmm. go within and and just uh, hope nobody notices me so the ability of people to open their heart space, which allows them not only to love, but also to allow love into their hearts, is a major part of the healing too. So it's, it's a dynamic. And um, most of my sessions will begin with, uh, oh, maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes of just talk, just like we are here. Yeah. Until we finally see, because what anybody says is really a prayer. They're really putting that out there to the universe. So I want to know how they feel. And they need to hear how they feel. And now we have something to work with. It isn't like my shoulder hurts. Well, of course, maybe we, we did something physically and it made it hurt. But maybe it's also uh, symbolic of something that is deeper or it's an excuse for me not to go to the gym and exercise, not to do something that I, I should be doing. Sure, sure. Yeah, this was a case of just overdoing it a little bit, trying to getting back into it and doing too much. But I don't really... You know, I try not to focus on it. Like mm-hmm. if if, uh, if I get the chance uh, after this, I'll go to yoga. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, take it a little easier. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not really empowering it. That That's like with colds and things. I hear a lot of people say, I'm sick. And yes. I, I don't like to use that term, I'm sick. It's I'm dealing okay, with a cold or I'm challenged by a cold. Or, let's go with that. Yeah. What What is sick? Um, yeah, I, I think sick is 
What, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't really empower that term. What, what so does the word sick mean to you? Um, to me, it's a it's a negative term. It's like I'm, what I'm is, a, the victim, like what, you had mentioned. What a, is a, a negative victim. term? Um, yeah, it's it, it, it's just something I think that keeps us, you know, not to be the best of ourselves. When we use that word, I'm sick. You know, we put ourselves in a place and we succumb to whatever we're dealing and, with. And why would you want to be the best of yourself? Because then you're you're good for yourself on the inside, and then I think that in turn is good for others as well. Then it's it's more uplifting. Even you say if you use that word sick, then you stay down. I I yeah. think. But let's what's uplifting? Yeah, uplifting. Like once again, is that this that joy, that energy, ah, that, that that bingo, you know that that flow. Bingo. So it's a higher frequency of energy. We yeah. just hit another core issue yeah. of your belief system. Yeah. Joy. So all of that, we turn sick from something is the antithesis of joy, let's say. And see, that's how we think and that's how we project and we want to be socially acceptable. We want to feel like uh, what, what I say makes a difference and who I am makes a difference. And uh, that's the coming out. That's the be able to power up within. Yeah, when we look at it sometimes that whether it be an illness or a cold, or, or whatnot, because I felt a little bit of that the, the mm -hmm. past mm -hmm. three weeks had had a bunch of freelance work and it was got long days, which was great. Mm -hmm. And so I pushed really hard. And uh, and then I went down to the Austin Film Festival and it was an amazing experience and and just pushed really hard there. And then I felt, a, you know, a little something in my chest when I when I returned mm -hmm. and uh, after after some more work. And sometimes that's saying, hey, you need to rest a little bit. And it's looking at that and kind of embracing that and saying, Okay, instead of pushing a little harder tonight, I need to sit back and recover, and however, mm -hmm. however that is. And, and, and you have to discover ways you know, in your life that gives you that sense of joy and that sense of release and that sense of recovery. So this is what we work with in our sessions. We work with teaching the people, showing the people how they can become better at helping themselves. There's no guru. There's no book, uh -huh. <laughs> there's no story out there that is going to make a difference as much as when they finally get to the aha moment, uh -huh. wow, I can do this. And they can, and they can understand that they are part of a community of healers, a consciousness, if, uh -huh. if you can say that. Yeah, and I think it's good to have a facilitator because sometimes when mm -hmm. we get, when we're entrenched with what's going on in life, whether it's super busy with work or one who has kids and things like mm -hmm. that, it's sometimes it's hard to kind of look at that from an objective view. So mm -hmm. I think having that facilitator, the healing, of course, as as you stated, comes within, from within. But I, I think having someone help you figure that out, whether it be the questions whether it be leading through a meditation, whether it be that outside energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's really valuable. And then we learn to focus our energy or slow it down or meditate. And, and as we do that, then we take a little more control of that. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the people search and the people wonder, how can I get better? So if I can talk a little bit about Reiki also. Of course. Reiki is very shamanic uh, in the sense of uh, intuitive healing. And Reiki is said to be the secret art of inviting happiness, which means we've kind of set the stage for a healing, for a balance to occur. We've invited it. That doesn't necessarily mean the people will embrace it. So we hold a space for that healing and that possibility to exist. So Reiki works at several levels, and it's an electrochemical, electrobiogenic way of healing also. But if I can just say about Reiki, Reiki is a prayer. When we're working with the person, we become one with the person. And we pray with them in what their issue may be, real or imaginary. At the same time, Reiki can be thought to be uh, an anesthetic so that it soothes and, and it, it, it comforts and it brings into balance a calm. So true healing can take place. As we know, if we're going into surgery, we sure want some kind of anesthetic mm -hmm. so the surgeon can do his work. Well, the surgeon... And our aspect is God, the universe, the great mystery, walk on Tonka, something that is beyond our comprehension. Uh, and the source is undeniable when we look around us. So we tap into the environmental aspect of who we are and how we fit, and then we're okay with it. 
So the healing takes place outside of us by our recognition that there is no separation and there is no out there, out there. We are truly a microcosm, a micro-universe of the macro-universe that exists outside. So multidimensional, multi-aspects of healing, and on all levels, once again, when we're in balance, we're having a pretty good day. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and it's looking at that the body's capable of all those things, but often we... You know, a lot of it is with food. So if it's if we're not eating great food, then it's dealing with it, that. So mm-hmm. then it has a certain amount of resources to process said food. Mm-hmm. And then if we're dealing with uh, lack of sleep, then it's you know it's taking away some of those resources where it's going a little extra. So it's I think of I guess in layman's terms for for anybody who is you maybe not really that end of this or hasn't studied it mm-hmm. i mean looking at the meditation is something that slows your body to a point where your mind is you know cuts all the chatter mm-hmm. and it's just really allowing your body getting to that relaxed state to allow your body to do what it does normally because mm-hmm. as we worry about this or that or you know that's taking resources away from what's regenerating us and uh yeah yeah so i think it's just so powerful within that like with a session with you i've always loved those sessions Mm -hmm. and then i leave and it's just like wow i feel so relaxed Mm -hmm. it's this euphoric state that that i probably shouldn't be driving and it's just like (laughs) i don't want to go back to work or do whatever else so you kind of just enjoy that moment and and let it pass naturally and then it's just like okay now i'm ready and then i think you can you can get back into your day and whatnot with just this renewed energy and it and it's seeing that that joy a little more. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so true, Ken. And in the uh, in the effect of a healing session, the true effect is bringing in a spiritual aspect to the present. And a spiritual aspect is nothing more than a lightness, a feeling of uh, I can see beyond appearances. Uh, I. There's more out there. I'm more aware. I'm more sensitive to the subtleties. And that's the aspect that truly does give us um, a reason and a belief that we are spiritual beings. And the spirituality is within us as we communicate with all that is outside of us. So I talk to people and work with them so they're in the now. And it's as simple as this. Our minds will look in the back and say, oh my gosh, if I could only brought back that day. Oh my goodness, if I just would have done things differently. Mm-hmm. I would have, I could have, I should have. Yeah, yeah. Or in the future, what if? What's out there? Well, is there a correct way to do this? Where we come from in our healing is that we've always done the best we could. That doesn't mean it was perfection. That doesn't mean it was appropriate. But in that moment, because of ego normally, We did the best we could, but ego was just hanging in there, giving us direction, and we didn't even know it. So I tell people, what you really are is a casual observer to your experience. Become detached from outcomes, like you're in a movie theater, and we're watching previews of coming attractions, and projecting in that coming attraction this anomaly or this aspect of you that you feel is less than light or not unsavory, And you just simply, you know, I'm not going to that movie. And we have the ability to walk out of the theater. And so we are curious about our day-to-day existence, but we're not attached to outcomes as we may say good or bad would be. Or projecting, if this doesn't happen, then it wasn't worthwhile. So everything comes to us as a lesson. We process all of this according to our belief system. And then we become that enlightened person so that we have a kind of a trust and a faith in it's okay. And I just simply tell people, look at your feet. That's where you are. Not where your mind has taken you, forwards, backwards, or somewhere else. Where you really are is in the present. You look at your feet, and the Zen master would say, in this moment, what is lacking? And of course, nothing is. So in that reassurance then, people say, oh gosh, my mind is spinning. I'm in this squirrel cage. I keep projecting, projecting. What's going to happen? I look at my feet, and in this moment, I'm okay. Then I really must be okay. It's my mind that played tricks on me. It's so difficult. I've, I, I still do it, even though I've, I've learned all this. I still have a little ways to go. But it's, like you said, when you expect that outcome, 
And then when it doesn't happen exactly, everything else could be great. And you, you have this wonderful evening and this and that, but you, you were holding on to that expected outcome and it can throw everything off. And it's just, you know, what's an amazing experience. And it could be something, something bad that happened. But if you look at it in a good way and in, in the experience of learning and how I'm improving from this or, hey, I dealt with this while well, my car I, you know, I crashed, you know, my car, my car was scratched, but, and, and you look at it in a different way, then, um, yeah, then, then I think it is, is a good experience. So I'm, I'm trying to let go of those outcomes because often, more often than not, it's something that's been wonderful. Uh, you know, I let that one little aspect just completely throw it off and it's, that's just no way to live. It makes it more difficult. Yeah. yeah. When we realize that everything we see is an illusion based on our projection of what we think reality is, then it becomes a little more easy, I think, to say, okay, what illusion am I participating in today? How am I going to project myself today? Where is my reality and how can I bring it into my daily life? And so we walk this path. And I tell people many times, it's so much like the Wizard of Oz. Mm -hmm. We walk this yellow brick road, all along the way are outcomes, tragic outcomes and scary outcomes and happy outcomes and good outcomes and friendly people and not so friendly people. And we're all going to walk this road together to support each other. So we're brave and we're going to go to the Oz and the Wizard of Oz is going to tell us who we really are and all the things we've been missing or think we do not have. That's going to be the answer. And so we see this funny little guy and the curtain falls and boy, the gig is up. We see what's wrong. And he looks at all of us and he says, you know, you've always had a heart. You have a brain. You have courage. And Dorothy, all you need to do to go home is just click your heels two times. And that's how simple the answer truly is. And it always was within us. But our projection of self has not empowered that. I think two major reasons. One is an ego-based aspect of protection. And the other one is, who would I be if I changed? I'm, I'm kind of happy where I am. There's a lot of stuff about me that, gosh, if I wasn't the victim, I wouldn't have people feeling sorry for me or I wouldn't get these special things brought my way. I wouldn't get compassion. Where it's the other way around. If, if I want compassion, I need to be compassion. If I want peace and happiness... I need to be the peace and happiness. It's just such a simple thing. We're looking truly in a mirror as we walk our path. We are seeing what we project, which is an illusion. And when, when in life did you discover these lessons? Well, I think it's a, uh, it's a path that develops over time. Once again, good teachers. Uh, I've had wonderful teachers. I, I read a lot. I, I've... Uh, been a Boy Scout for seven years, loved nature, loved to be out, uh, had a childhood that was confusing, to say, say a word, very confusing, two words, and uh, my solace was uh, in nature. I carried that forward, and I became a uh, businessman, and um, I drank because I numbed out that pressure of it's easier than that, and so I hid in in alcohol. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm now sober for 23 years. And as I began to walk my truth in, uh, in sobriety, I began to see so much more was out there. I had no reason to hide, no reason to be a victim, no reason to use alcohol as an excuse to numb me from my environmental stimulations. <clears throat> I'm a student of physics. I love physics. Uh, and I think about it a lot. I studied at the University of Illinois. And um, my life has been one of challenge and what are you going to do about it? Challenge and what are you going to do about it? And so many times I, I took a road of uh, trying to fight and trying to be angry with it and trying to uh, let my ego lead my, lead my uh, way. And then one day I met a shaman, uh, Tracy Holford in Springfield, Missouri, and he said, John, you can do this because I had had a healing session with him. And I said, what is this? I feel so euphoric, so wonderful. I feel so necessary. 
And I said, how do I learn this? He said, be here tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. <laughs> so from there, I, I got the trigger. Uh, and then I had many more teachers and healers of, of uh, note. And they took me um, under their wing and they, they said, you can do this. This is all within you. Then I began the uh, uh, work with EFT, uh, Emotional Freedom Technique, and did work with Qigong, and uh, did work with uh, pure shamanism, Cherokee-style shamanism from Tracy, who was a fourth-generation Cherokee shaman, and uh, Kat Morningstar, who's a uh, Choctaw Cherokee medicine woman. And I, I began to understand more and more and more as I worked with these people that it takes truly a village to heal. If we're going to have a shamanic session in a true, a true pure way, we're going to ask that person who's having issues to bring in their enemy, their, their detractor. Bring in your neighbor. Bring in your cousin. I want to see your mom. Bring in your brother. Bring in your co-worker. See, all of that together is part of the healing. There's the community. There's the village part of it. So uh, when we say it takes a village, that's kind of a, a way of describing all our interactions every day and who we interact with and how we do is going to be healing us or not. Then I got very interested in Reiki, and, and Lynn and I have had the uh, wonderful uh, ability through our business to travel all over the world. Um, so I, I met healers all over the world and, and talked to them and felt their energies and their aspects and went to sacred places. And uh, the, the ancients said, this is a sacred place. And what does that mean? I was there and it was a sacred place. I could feel the energy. I, I could almost like feel the vibration of, of all that had passed before through these areas. And so it was a validation that, hey, everything moves. Physics taught me that nothing stays still. There's always motion. There's always more space than matter. And on and on it went. And so this was a validation of, golly, this is firsthand showing me that there is no final answer. There's truly a, a reasonable approximation of the truth. And so I liked it. And uh, Reiki training has been um, all the way out to Sedona, where I did my Karuna. Lynn and I both did our Karuna Reiki master training and then uh, in Springfield, Missouri, and uh, in uh, St. Louis area, we've uh, attuned virtually hundreds of people and had hundreds and hundreds of sessions. And uh, it's the most joyful work ever. It's just just a beautiful way to uh, to experience healing effort. You heard John speak about EFT as one of the modalities he practices. I've used EFT for about ten years now. That's helped me with anxiety to overcome fears, which were holding me back in both my personal and business life. Perfectionism, fear of the unknown, uh, is no good, no good for me. Uh, sometimes known as tapping, this powerful and simple technique clears blocks in the energy system, blocks which are created by stress and traumatic experiences. Um, the energy is blocked and it causes muscles to tense up, and uh, those tense muscles constrict on the nerves and, and can cause pain. Uh, this wonderful tool can be found in many publications and easily through internet searches. You can learn more about what it does. But most importantly, you can learn hands-on through EFT Wellness of St. Louis. So my, my father, Ken Sr., has been practicing for over a decade and has helped people around the world with various issues that have led to ailments. One of his specialties is cancer survivors. And as a survivor himself of over 30 years, I would say he knows a thing or two about the fear associated with it, as well as some of the uh, some of the life things that go into it that that kind of lead to that illness. Um, he's worked with uh, with with cancer patients in England. He's worked with people all around the, the United States. Many veterans currently suffer from PTSD, and EFT is a tool which which is really helpful with this. Um, Pops has been talking with doctors at the VA to see how he may help them and some of their patients. And he's also available on a private basis. If you know someone who needs a little help, pass his name along. He's a proud veteran, and he wants to see those who have served the country proudly transition back to a normal life. EFT Wellness of St. Louis. You can reach him at Ken at EFT Well, W-E-L-L. -L, 
N-E-S-S-T-L.com. That's E-F-T-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S-T-L.com. Or at 314-732-9797. And also special thanks to one of the inaugural sponsors, Sharon Hall of SIPS and Brooks Salon. Uh, when I have a business meeting in Clayton, I usually suggest SIPS. I loved I uh, love to drink fresh pressed juices and don't always have time to take care of that myself. I'm getting over a cold and just stopped over yesterday to drink some greens. Sip sources locally and organically when available and it's always fresh. Coffee drinkers can enjoy a local coffee, real no chemicals and no syrups in the drinks. We're talking real pumpkin in the pumpkin spice latte. And it's available year round, not like some other places that it's just seasonal. So if you're into a pumpkin latte and you want to get it any time of the year, head over to Sips in Clayton on Forsyth, north of the uh, world, I'm sorry, east of World News. Get over there. You know, they're off of Central. If you're in the mood for lunch or a snack, you can try one of the salads, fresh-made dressings, or a homemade soup, hummus, flatbread, homemade salsa. Stay tuned. Also, they're going to be offering, uh, offering this great stuff at happy hour and uh, extend their hours a little bit. And one of the coolest things at, at SIPS that I enjoy is the corridor concerts that they have. So in the building there, there's this corridor that goes in between the businesses, and Sharon will have concerts with uh, artists of various genres and styles, fusion, bluegrass, folk. Maybe we can get Ben and Cassie Wilson when they come into town to do a, a corridor concert. Uh, during the concert, she's serving local microbrews, Schlafly, Urban Chestnut, and uh, and wines. It just it's an amazing atmosphere. The sound in the corridor is really cool. It's a great place to go. And and while you're there beforehand, before going to the concert, maybe you can stop next door to Brooks Salon, and she'll give you a haircut, a uh, coloring, or a beard trimming. So see my friend Sharon Hall at Sips or her other business, Brooks Salon. You can find them on Facebook, or you can uh, contact Sharon directly to make an appointment at 314-651-1763. Great person and a great place. Check it out. So when talking about Reiki, I, um, I've taken your Reiki 1 class, and I, I, it was wonderful. I learned a lot, but I, didn't, it's, I haven't practiced enough, and I didn't mm-hmm. study enough to really, I guess, to memorize the philosophies and everything. So, you know, looking at some of the sessions that I participated in just as someone there, like the, the prayer circles and the Reiki prayer at Soul Esteem Center and and then helping you with some of those prayer circles, but but just not thinking. It's just like I always knew, like I could feel that energy. You know, I have my eyes closed, I'm focused, and there's that presence of John Vlasich. And I always thought, oh, wow, it's going to take me a while like, to get there. And I, I guess I was blocking that my, with, with my mind. And then uh, and then a friend of mine had a broken leg. And I said, you should try Reiki. Okay, you know, what is this? So I went, did a session. And I think that's where we get to that relaxation where it's the healing from within. Because I'm thinking, okay, well, let me administer this. I'll focus. I'll, I'll put my energy there. And, um, and not thinking, okay, well, well, I'm not the, the greatest at this, but that person, what, what they, what they were able to get from them and not, you know, me putting that ego aside and just, and just letting it happen was a pretty amazing experience. They're like, wow, this is great. And I'm thinking, okay, wow. Uh, I haven't really done this that much, but cool. If I, you know, if I can get that kind of result, then that's an amazing thing. So the Reiki, uh, as you experienced it, as a clear and open channel, has uh, divine guidance. It comes in with compassionate wisdom. We always ask that it come in at the highest vibration we can personally tolerate. We ask that it come in with ease and grace. And we ask that Reiki masters, past, present, and future, be part of this energy flow. And then we stand back as facilitators. We stand back, we're, we're a hollow bamboo, we're a hollow bone, and the energy flows down and through us. And the beautiful thing is, I don't have to do anything. It just blows because I've asked it to. And as Reiki comes through, I I use the term, it's like in its divine guidance, putting bleach in a load of clothes. It simply has the intellect and compassion and divinity to go where it needs to go for the healing. So not necessarily do I have to know a lot about the issues of the person. 
because sometimes maybe an issue like uh, an upset stomach issue or a uh, acid reflex disorder might have some greater problem in another part of how they think about things and their emotional aspect of what they're doing at work and how they feel about the loss of a loved one and they could internalize that into the issues of the stomach and, and uh, the acid reflex. So all of that together, Reiki is working on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspect of alignment, aligning the energy fields of the body, aligning the uh, aspects of meridians and nadis, aligning the aspects of the chakras. And in all of that is just this peaceful, calm, beautiful, flow and mo and a lot of people say it feels like a wave it, it feels like uh, i'm floating it feels like i'm light and of course when they tell me they're feeling light i know they're getting a spiritual aspect to healing yeah it's pretty amazing I, i've experienced that as well with uh yoga nidra and it's just the like the guided visualization and it's just it's amazing you you lie back and when you can just shut the mind down or just or just let the thoughts flow past it's pretty amazing and get to that relaxed state and once again it's just like whoa i just it's this euphoric state i you know am i drunk am i this it, it's just like wow it's there's nothing else that i've ever felt like it i haven't experienced drugs so but uh it's probably better than that so it's just you know it's so <laughs> yeah. natural and it's just like wow we achieve that especially in a group setting it's really cool mm -hmm. where it's we have achieved that with uh sometimes a little little soothing music but someone that that has i guess that soothing voice or can facilitate that and it's just it's an amazing experience see that's your village that's yeah, your community yeah. and that truly is your consciousness as you move over soul with the with the people that are in that room and it's in this prayerful state of calm and balance you begin to know who you really are and you accept your divinity for what it is. So all that you have mentioned, all these things of uh, the food you eat and exercise and yoga, it all works together. And Reiki, it, it makes us more open and, and receptive to the possibility that healing is within us. We do all these things and this helps heal the healer. And I talk about that quite a lot in my classes because what we wanna do is ignite the divinity within you as we talk our, our different classes. And speaking of classes, so you have the private sessions, which we spoke about, mm -hmm. and then you also have the retreats at your home, which is which we're conducting this interview from your home, which is amazing. And I've been to, uh, I've uh, photographed some of the retreats with uh, mm -hmm. for video. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's an amazing experience with that village, with those wonderful people, with some different modalities. Tell us a little bit about how you started, how you started the retreat. And, and, and what you're doing, how it's progressing and, and when it's going to happen next, because I think a, a lot of listeners can benefit from that. And, and maybe it's the first time and, and getting a chance to take a little break, you know, step aside because it's hard when we're, when we're in the middle of a work day or when we, you know, it's a long night, I'm a little tired to do these, but by taking that retreat and stepping away from the regular world for a day or two, and, and really experiencing this, I, I think it's an amazing introduction. How, how is it set up? Well, what can someone expect when they come out here to a retreat? Well, we have a number of teachers that uh, are at each retreat. We normally do our retreats in the spring and fall. And the history of it is uh, Lisa uh, Sievers had a session with me. And uh, we got to know each other a little bit energetically. And she came to me and she says, you know, John, I think you and I could work together on bringing this spiritual community to a, uh, a deeper understanding. What do you think about that? And Linda, my wife, got involved in it. And between the three of us, we began to say, guess what we ought to do is this. Let's have a Friday night, get together. Uh, Linda's going to cook. <laughs> We're going to have a fire. We're going to have a drumming. We're going to have a, a little get together and a little uh, intention ceremony. And then Saturday, we will have utilized areas of the house uh, so that the participants can attend offerings in uh, classes. This time we had, last time we had five uh, instructors, which we normally have. And then we would go all day Saturday, Linda fixing a wonderful breakfast and a wonderful lunch. 
Come back Sunday for a, a wonderful breakfast. And that would be a more open day where uh, the teachers were more accessible and would offer sessions. And um, Lisa and I in particular would be, and Linda, I don't want to leave her out of this by any means. She's there cooking, but people go up and talk to her. They want to find out about her loving kindness too. And we, we put ourselves out there for questions and answers, uh, special needs or special uh, aspects of how to develop. And so the, the structure of the retreat started out with ignite the divine in you. In other words, you've got it in there. Now, what are you going to do to step out of there? What are you going to do to take those first steps? And the uh, sessions and class uh, participation is such that it gives you some segues to move out into those energies. And the, the dynamics of these people that have attended these retreats and changed their lives, we could go on all night about how people have changed what they do and how they think about it. Are they embracing something they always would love to have done but never took the time to do it? And now they're stepping into that virtually as a career. So it's exciting work. I think we've had uh, this, this last one this fall was our eighth one. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And it's and so eighth one as far as fall, spring, so four years or you yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's great. Especially out here, you know, you have wonderful trees and so the you have the nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just uh you're you're you know, somewhat at the retreat is somewhat you have that still have that connection to civilization, but you're also branching out. So I think mm-hmm. it's a good it's a good segue, especially for someone who may have not have experienced it. So it's not, I think it's something that's not so far out someone's, uh, away from someone's comfort zone, mm-hmm. but, but enough to kind of stretch a little bit to, to get outside of yourself. And, and with the wonderful people that I met here, yeah, that, that, uh, that definitely helps to share that energy. So it's amazing the work that you're doing. Well, we, we've thought uh, and sought to keep it a, uh, a very um, intimate setting so we don't go to a, a venue. We don't necessarily go to a resort or a hotel yeah. and, and do it like that. Here it is in this house. People are coming and going all over the house, sitting and talking and sharing and out on the porches, out on the decks, out in the, the timber, out in the trees, wherever they want to go. They're free to come and go, and it, it, uh, it gives them a lot of confidence in the loving aspect of it. And we also wanted to keep this, you know, not overwhelming in numbers. So about 35 people, and that's about what we feel we can handle, and, and we usually are right at that number. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people are begging us the last day, can I still come in? And, of course, we usually accommodate that too. Yeah, and, and how many teachers? Because I, I was three or four teachers. This last one was five. Okay, good. So, yeah, and I know you had the yeah. different sessions. Mm-hmm. And so even with that, 35 people, I, I know one of the sessions that I um, – that I captured with video was I think like six or seven people. And that mm-hmm. was in your studio yeah. space. Uh, would you call it studio space or what is your healing room? What it's the spirit room, the spirit room. So yeah. <laughs> so that was yeah six or so people in the spirit room. And I know there were people on the deck. So, so yeah, it was something where even it's 35 people that you had smaller groups. So I think there was a lot of more focused attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing. Yeah. It, uh, it is such a, a fun event to plan. And to watch the growth of the people, that is just overwhelming. We have our own little close group on Facebook, and people are participating there and talking about uh, where they are today and, and where the, what their job was and what they're doing now and the excitement of, of pushing through. And, and also raising a child with a spiritual aspect, uh, being a business consultant and going into business now as a consultant with a spiritual aspect of empowering people. And this has just been a beautiful, beautiful aspect. By the way, many, many uh, medical uh, professionals have come here. And uh, we've had uh, business people and and you name it. And then just people that are like, you know, my whole life has just been this one thing. And I, I know I'm more than that. I know that I just haven't been brave enough or opportunity hasn't shown up. And I keep delaying and stepping out and being this other person. And we have uh, we can talk stories all night. It's uh-huh. just a beautiful thing to see and be a part of. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And just bringing that, empowering other people, I think is is it plays a big factor in empowering ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've been that, and I'm I'm one to, you know, I'll put out my, 
you know, my, my failures or uh, failures is not the right word, but my shortcomings maybe, or mm-hmm. just things, mistakes that I've made. And that's, you know, in the past, there are times where it's just like, wow, if this person is successful, then, oh, that kind of takes away from my, you know, what I can have or the attention I can have, which is, uh, I think, ego talking. And when really, wow, if we have this community and that person's successful, that elevates me. So if I can build that person up, then maybe there's the opportunity that something good happens to them. And then that brings me up and this this whole community so I, I think if we can expand that community and we do that, then they were all in a better place. You know, I don't think it's, I, I don't know, maybe it's the yin-yang where you have to have the negative aspects or do you have to have evil for good? I, I don't know. Well, you don't have it. It just is. Yeah, true. So it's an illusion. Yeah. You know, I'm not real. I'm, I'm here and I'm talking, but I'm a projection of who you think I am. I'm, I'm the illusion of... Of what you what you're projecting into me based on your belief system, and so that's also the idea: what is good and what is bad. To one person, this is good; to another person, it's bad. But we hold a space for healing, as as individuals, and that's that's the best thing we can do. Yeah, yeah. And and I might mention something else here that's uh, another technique that has come to me through my Reiki because I use Reiki in everything. Reiki is my touchstone reiki is my basis and everything else springs from the reiki aspect so if i wake up at night two o'clock in the morning 117 where whatever time it is i know in that moment i'm being asked to pray and my prayer is the reiki energy symbols the sacred words and i do those in a chant within my mind as a silent mantra and i find that I'm in, a, I'm in a contagion. I'm in a consciousness of people in that moment that I can just feel everywhere. It's like the book uh, Emissaries of Light that, where they all came together and they prayed all night long together. And not praying specifically for anything, just being a part of a God presence, a, a universal life force, uh, the unknowing but yet the reassuring at the same time. And so if we have an unlimited supply of this energy from an incomprehensible source, it's reassuring that my part is only to be here. I don't have to determine it. I don't have to be uh, in judge of it. And so I don't get attached to outcomes being good or bad. I hope not to. I mean, I do. But that's my aspect, to just be rather a casual observer to this. Well, I think when we look at events, you know, just such as recent terrorist events and things like that so when i say evil like when we have a tragic events like that i I guess we either come together and and get to more of a loving state and a healing state and and trying to i guess push that out or not empower that because i think a lot of these acts are one where yeah they want a reaction they want a fear reaction or something where it it just you know, a reaction, you know, simple as that, some sort of reaction mm-hmm. where I think if we're more proactive and, and I don't know, I, I don't know, I'm getting kind of, kind of lost here, but I think it's those type of events. We kind of push something aside to say, Hey, our regular things that we're doing, like maybe this is not that important and we have to be more of a community and love one another more and do this or focus more on those type things than, you know, maybe some of the day-to-day things that maybe aren't the best use of our time or whatnot. I mean, did any of us uh, have any thinking about the French people before this? Did anybody really think about Haiti before the earthquake? Did anybody really think about Indonesia before the tsunamis? So all of this brings us together in a consciousness worldwide and the outpouring of prayers and love and compassion that this is not the way to be. Mm-hmm. This is not the way to be. Something has to change. The thinking has to change of these people that feel that life is so unimportant, so unimportant for my cause that I can take someone else's life. We can pray that that is not appropriate. The force that has to be used to change that is up to the universe, but it will be corrected. It will be brought back into balance. And the suffering of all these people will not be for naught because we're thinking about them today. And I don't even know their names or their faces. I just know that when I woke up this morning, 
I prayed. I prayed for France, and I prayed for the people and the loved ones that had lost so much. At the same time, we all have gained so much because now compassion took over. Sensitivity to, golly, my life is here and I feel so safe and okay. And the people over there, in pure tragedy, how do they pick up their lives from this point on? And they do it with prayer. And arm in arm, we go down through that aspect and there will be a positive I could say positive, at least the outcome is going to be appropriate for the energy that's put into it. And that's interesting when you say that. I, I, that's interesting. The outcome is going to be appropriate for the energy we put into it. Because that's some things with the social media that I see with, with the, the reactionary type thing mm-hmm. or, or something that is more of a generalization. When you say, okay, well, these people... You know, our focus, I mean, they're fundamentalists, so it's the extreme. These are extremists, but they have some association. And so then it kind of gets generalized with, hey, all people that, you know, and it's putting people into one lump when it's no, these guys are completely separate. And I'm just, I'm kind of keeping general here to not empower that. Mm-hmm. But it's just like you can't judge a group of people on the action of one of those people or a whole society on the action of this group. So I think that's just not empowering that and not putting that negative energy into it and creating something that's even worse and empowering it. So I like, I like that statement that you made. Mm-hmm. Well, through history, we've, we've found tragedies uh, to move forward. Uh, we know that what we fear we are going to attract. We also know that what we resist persists. So melding with the energy and becoming one with it and, and knowing that there is no separation from what we consider an atrocity or from what we consider goodness. It is all part of humanity. So we move forward. We move forward and we think in terms of a loving concept of acceptance. And then everything just works out to balance. And it's so true. That's so true. I think a lot of times when we let go, it just happens. Not to say that we... We shouldn't put the action in there, you know, because I think if uh, Alan Cohen, I, I I like to quote him in saying that prayer is nothing without action, action, nothing without prayer. So I think it, That's uh, well said. it requires both. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to live by that mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, not grasp onto something so heavily and so tight that, that I'm blocking it because I've done that. And, it, you mm-hmm. know, and I've I found it has that reverse effect. Where if I'm more balanced with it, it, it kind of all seems to work itself out. And, and, you know, when that fear is gone, when, mm-hmm. um, when yeah, I'm, I'm not projecting that energy, mm-hmm. then the outcome isn't one of fear. It's, it's something more prosperous and joyful. Well, everything we do is a prayer. Whatever we say, whatever we write, whatever we think, we're putting something out there, as we say. So in our prayer, we have the choice of what we're going to pray for. So if we're praying for peace, we have to start here. We have to pray for peace within our heart. Yeah. That means uh, it has to be in balance. I'm not condoning any part of that, and it's terrible. And, and, and the people that have done the bad things or the evil things, as, as society says, are going to pay the price of what that means. They're going to attract to themselves what they have put out there. There will be no doubt about it. Yeah, so we can just uh, yeah, just we'll just keep praying and yeah, and and keep uh, I guess the good vibes, keep the good energy yeah. flowing. And when you wake up at three in the morning, you're getting that that friendly little tap on the shoulder from the universe. Okay, Ken, it's your turn to pray. We're all out here and we've been working all night. Yeah. Join us. Good stuff. Well, John, it's been amazing talking to you. It's been amazing just over these past few years, just, just learning from you. And I, I look forward to learning more and hopefully, uh, hopefully getting back for a retreat and, uh, just spreading this message and just, just the good things that you do to other people. And, and so they can enjoy and experience this wonderful thing you're doing and they can grow along with it and then, you know, teach someone else and we can keep just kind of spreading Spreading the word and just getting, you know, just small increments of, of improving and just, just making life what it should be. Well, we live by example. 
And in my little small way, I, I do the best I can uh, in the moment. And uh, we all do, in effect. And uh, if we can uh, refrain from the judgment and get out of the victimhood and somehow keep the ego at bay, usually having a pretty good day. <laughs> Definitely. Well, our, our company is Advance Health, LLC. And uh, my phone number is 636-614-6564. And my uh, email is Kalua Healer. And that's small, lowercase, K-A-L-U-A underscore H-E-A-L-E-R healer at yahoo.com. Happy to uh, uh, work with anybody. Uh, give me a call. Give me an email. And uh, you'll find out you're going to be answering your own question. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I've, right. I've answered a few over the years. Much love to you, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks again. Awesome. Yeah.